My name is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blinders podcast. And on today's show, I have Meredith Howe. How you doing today, Meredith? I'm good, Ray. How are you, sir? I am doing well. I wanted to bring you on the podcast and learn more about VIPs and what you guys are doing for our uh, young children who are uh, visually impaired and blind. So, uh, Meredith Howe, um, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and how did you get involved with uh, VIPs? Sure. Um, I am actually a mom of a little girl who is now 10, if it's hard to believe, um, but her name is Lola and she is visually impaired. Um, she has a neurological visual impairment. And so it means her eyes take in the images, but her brain doesn't interpret them. And so um, she was, when we moved here to Indianapolis, we were served by this wonderful organization called Visually Impaired Preschool Services. And um, we had a, a teacher of blind and low vision who came into our home every month. And uh, her name was Annie Hughes. And she worked with Lola and my family. And, um, you know, Lola aged out at the um, age of three and um, has gone on to do amazing things. And um, I started working for the agency in 2014 and have just continued to not leave. They, they haven't kicked me out yet. So from volunteering to, um, you know, being a parent to working and advocating for VIPs, um, I've just, it's been a wonderful part of our lives. So uh, as your uh, role as the regional director, what are some of your duties? So as the regional director, I oversee our, um, our team. We have uh, teachers of blind and low vision. We have uh, developmental interventionists that have that vision-specific training. Um, and, you know, we have some admin staff. But then I also am responsible for raising money to provide the services since we're a nonprofit agency. I do lobbying at the state house. I'm doing a lot of that right now as we work to increase um, a line item. I work, you know, with families. I get to provide them a little bit of insight and hope as to what it's like further down the path of having a child who has multiple disabilities. And, um, you know, I, I say I get I, my job is to advocate and tell my story and tell the stories of all of these kids who are blind and visually impaired throughout the state um, because you know not a lot of people are aware that they that their services are needed and that they um, they need all the help they can get to uh, reach their highest potential in life so so what ages do you start working with the children uh, we start at birth so birth okay. to three. Yep, we have received referrals from Riley, um, you know, the NICU of two-week-old babies. Um, this is wonderful because it means that we're getting into the homes and, and supporting these families early on, mm-hmm. um, you know, which will ultimately lead to more, more success for that child. Um, but so, yeah, we're, we're birth to three. So why is, it, why is it important to start so young with the children? Well, I mean, it's important for many reasons, um, you know, that so much is learned between that birth to five, that age group. And so um, the more we can do early on to either one, 
utilize the vision that the child still has or teach the child about how to learn about their environment through using their other senses, um, you know, that it will be difficult for a child who's blind or visually impaired to um, continue to meet those developmental milestones because they miss out on so much because they're missing that vision piece. So we get in early and teach, um, teach them uh, and teach the parents essentially how to um, engage with, how to bond, how to teach, how to, you know, all of these things that just don't come naturally to a sighted parent. The earlier we can get in and support them and teach them that life goes on for their children and life will go on for them, um, you know, that support early on is just, it's critical. So as, as much as, you know, we uh, would hope that kids don't need our services when they're so little, um, you know, I'm glad that we're there to provide them. Yeah. So, so what are some of the parents' concerns when they find out their child, you know, is blind or has a visual impairment? You know, do they think that they're not going to be able to have a successful life or they're going to be in a, you know, assisted living. So what are their concerns? Well, Ray, I think the biggest concern is the unknown, uh, is what is going to happen in the future. It is hard enough to have a baby. um, But then you add on all of these layers of challenges, whether, I mean, there is only a small percentage of children that we serve that are blind or visually impaired only. Uh, The majority of the kids we serve have multiple disabilities. And so, um, you know, that's that's hard for parents to accept early on uh, of not knowing what the future is going to look like. Um, Perhaps, you know, dad had a vision of playing baseball with his his daughter or his son but his daughter or son is, is blind. And, you know, so it's just really um, teaching the, the families to embrace, um, you know, what their child is able to do and teach them that they will go on living life, you know, and right. that there will be a day when that they as a parent wake up and, you know, that blindness or visual impairment diagnosis will not be the first thing on their mind, you know, that life goes on. And so, um, we try to just provide that hope that um, we are there, we're going to be there to support them, that they're not alone. We provide them with other families that they can talk to, um, you know, but just really trying to, to uh, help them understand that life goes on. Their baby's going to be just fine. Yeah, it's going to be just fine. And once they, you know, are able to, you know, talk to others, individuals and families and get that support, which I feel is very crucial to know that you're not alone and, you know, what you don't know can hinder you. So once you open up your mind to new things and learn about VIPs and other programs out there, you know, it becomes a little bit easier, you know, to deal with it. So Absolutely. what, 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 uh, what, what kind of programs do you guys offer there at uh, VIPs for um, preschool students? Yeah, so we work, um, we have our early childhood intervention program. So where we go into the homes and work directly with the child um, and the family. Since because of COVID-19, we switched to, we didn't miss a day of service for our families. I'm so proud of that. 
um, we switched to virtual home visits so that we made sure to continue to support the families. Um, we are now you know, slowly getting back into homes uh, as our teachers are um, excited about that and the families are welcoming. But um, we also have our parent empowerment program and then we have our orientation and mobility program, um, which is where we're starting to introduce a pre-cane or a cane to a little one if they're up and ready to start moving. Talk, talk to me about that. I mean, working with a two-year-old, because I know they're very active. I don't care if they're blind or not. I know two-year-olds are very active. So talk to me about, you know, working with those young students, you know, with their canes and, you know, helping them travel. Thankfully, we have an expert that does that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we have a certified orientation and mobility specialist that um, really assesses the child in their, you know, in different environments, whether it's their home or out in a space that they're not familiar with. So they can get a clear idea as to what those challenges are being presented for that child and their mobility. Um but it's interesting. It's kind of like um, a, a baby putting on a pair of glasses for the first time when they really needed them. And then they just keep them on because they can see. Well, kind of like that with a cane. A lot of our kids that when it's introduced, the safety that they feel, the um, that helps, I think, continue them to use that cane Um you know, very early on. So it's pretty amazing what um, what our our experts are able to do uh, with kids because um, you know I, it's a it, it's such a critical part of that independence for these children very early on, and for their ch parents to recognize that um, you know they can't keep them in a bubble; they have right. to go out and explore the world. So. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, us as humans, we, you know, we adapt. So I know them children are able to, once they got their cane, it probably was like, wow, I'm able to, you know, be more free and move around and explore even more. And now, you know, I'm able to get into more things. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure they, they you know, they really uh, gravitated to that. Yeah. So why is it why is it important for a young child to have a uh, mentor and also for families to have mentor and that support from the community? Well, I think that it's important because, I mean, for me, for instance, Lola was the first blind person who I knew on an intimate level. Um, you know, I I just grew up in a small town. I didn't know people who were blind or visually impaired. Um, and so to have my daughter be the first legally blind person that I knew in that way, um, it's, it's really, it can be very overwhelming. And so I think for parents, especially to see adults who are blind or visually impaired being independent and working and getting married if they want to, and having children if they want to, and, you know, having these independent lives I think that it's really um, it's important for the families to to see that and to also hear from from adults who are blind or visually impaired about you know what did your parents do when you were younger that you know how did, did they treat you differently what do you wish they would have done you know to make you feel more included or to you know make it feel like 
you were um, constantly in a bubble. Uh, you know, we, we want the families to have the exposure so that they can ask questions and get real answers and not from um, somebody hypothetical, you know, real people that have, have been through it and have lived these experiences. And then also for the kids too, to see that, oh, you know, that, that person has a cane too, or, you know, that person um, is, is having, or, you know, has challenges as well. So um, it's, it's good exposure for them. And it's, you know, I'm sure just as uh, good on the other side of that to be a, an adult mentor who's blind or visually impaired and to be able to provide that insight um, to families. You guys got a fundraiser coming up, the Walk for Dreams fundraiser. Could you talk to me about the fundraiser and uh, how someone can get involved with it? Yeah, we do. So we participate in Walking for Dreams Family and Pet Walk every year. Um, it is um, on Sunday, May 23rd. It takes place along the canal in downtown Indy, but you can also, we have a virtual option. And so you can participate from anywhere you like. So, you're, you know, your treadmill, the park, your neighborhood, uh, you know, wherever. But we would love to have people come down to the walk itself. Um, people can contact me directly at mhowell.com. H-O-W-E-L-L -L at V-I-P-S dot O-R-G. Um, and we're, we hope to raise $25,000 this year. It's our largest fundraiser of the years. And so the more people we have participate, um, the better. It will help us provide early intervention visits to these kids across the state. And, um, you know, we give a, a free t-shirt to anyone who's there walking in person on our behalf. And we have a raffle and um, wonderful sponsors. And so, you know, we just, it, it's a fun day of raising money and raising awareness and, um, you know, just having that sense of community with the other non uh, participating nonprofits. Sounds like a good time down there, May 23rd. Sounds like a great time walking for yeah. dreams. Definitely. I have Team Lola. So if anyone wants to sign up on uh, Team Lola, go to walkingfordreams.org. Okay. So it's like a, it's not like a marathon or it's just individuals walking. It's just walking. Yeah, no okay. marathons. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't make it. Um, yeah, no, it's it's about a three k ish. I would okay. say. Um, so it's not real long. You can bring your dogs or, you know, whatever animal you have. And um, I say it like that because I have a pet duck, so I won't be bringing her, but <laughs> <laughs> you never know what people have these days. Oh, you never know. I got a lot of geese running around my front yard. They're not my pets, though. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't think they are. But <laughs> I don't think they are, but they, <laughs> they didn't make it home around here. So. <laughs> So talk to me about your fully accessible apartment that you guys have for individuals who, with disabilities. Talk to me about that and how um, someone can get involved. Okay, so we are in, we have partnered with TWG, the Witsit Group. They're a developer, um, construction. We um, have this uh, space, this you know, commingling space on East Washington. So yeah, just east of downtown Indianapolis. 
and VIPS is building a family resource center, so a 6,200 square foot space within this larger development called Line Lofts. And Line Lofts is an apartment complex, so it's 63 units, and all the entire um, apartment complex itself is accessible for an ind individual who's blind or visually impaired. So it's just, it's, it's thoughtful design is, yeah. is the way that we like to talk about it. Um, it's plain hallway lines, it's tactile markers in the hallway so that, uh, you know, changes in flooring to help tenants know, you know, which, when they're getting up to their apartment. Um, there's an Amazon Alexa in each apartment so that, you know, you can have temperature control or turn on your lights. Um, there's going to be an Uber and Lyft spot. So someone who's blind or visually impaired doesn't have to guess which vehicle you're getting into. Right. Um, a dog washing station. Uh, just things that are, they're universal. It makes it accessible for all. So it's if you're not blind or visually impaired. It's not that the space wouldn't, you know, be suitable for you. It's just that it's it's uh, accessible for all. So we're really proud of TWG for, um, you know, really listening to the community and knowing that um, what does accessibility for someone who's blind or visually impaired, just making life a little bit easier at home um, is what they're doing. And I'm we're a proud partner. And we're really excited about our our uh, space within Line Lofts and hope to, you know, have a great partnership for years to come. Yeah, that's definitely a great, great idea. And just inclusiveness, you know, it helps everyone, not just the person who is blind. I don't, I mean, sometimes people don't realize just making things more accessible helps everyone, you know, from people who are blind or seniors to, you know, just really everyone. So once this increase more opportunity as well and um you know levels of playing field as well so that's great right there i might have to move in what the <laughs> <laughs> please do because then you'll be you know right right there and we'll have you that's come it. volunteer for vips <laughs> that's it that's it so tell, talk to me a little bit about your connection with bosma enterprises and how they're supporting you guys mission as well so bosma uh I can remember the first time I walked into Bosma, I was meeting Lou Moneymaker. So that was back when he was the CEO. And I was just curious about, about Bosma. I wanted to go on a tour. And so Lou was so welcoming and, you know, gave me this wonderful tour. And I just remember, you know, seeing someone who's blind with a cane walking around the corner. And for me as a mom of a child, you know, who's legally blind, it was just a moment of, oh, oh, like this place is, look at this. I mean, not that I didn't think that people who are blind or visually impaired didn't work, but just to see it in action was amazing. And and so from that moment, you know, I, I personally have been a huge fan of Bosma and all that, all that you do for the community, but um, Bosma has been just a great partner in so many ways, not you know, from helping us make connections or, you know, the, I've presented um, with different individuals from that work at Bosma. Uh, I did one with a Girl Scout troop um, when Chris Dunleavy used to be there. Um, you know, James Michaels has, has 
come to revision our tactile art exhibition that's curated for people who are blind or visually impaired. Um, and Basma has sponsored us, um, you know, as a as a nonprofit. And uh, you know, we're our VETA is on our our BIPs Indiana advisory board, and you know, we're just we're so intertwined with Basma in many different ways. I just met your uh, talked with your CEO Jeff, and um, it's just you're all doing wonderful work, and I'm we're a proud partner. Right. You start with them young and we work with them when they get a little bit older. <laughs> exactly. I mean, how wonderful is that for Indiana? When you think back to 2011, when there were not services for kids who are blind or visually impaired, that early intervention piece, um, you know, to now have VIPs and then, you know, have the school for the blind and visually impaired. If people, if kids go on to choose that. And then to have the opportunity to have Bosma in their lives, I just, it's a really, um, it's, it's wonderful that from birth until senior, you know, that there are services, whether or not people take advantage of them, but at least there are services in Indiana, no matter how old you are and you're blind or visually impaired. That's what, definitely, definitely. Well, I want to thank you, Meredith, for coming on the podcast. Once again, uh, give them the information for the Walking for Dreams and how can they contact you and if they know of any, you know, preschool students that may need services, how do they contact you? Yes, so um, people can contact me at m-h-o-w-e-l-l at v-i-p-s dot o-r-g. Um, and we are, as I said, we're having our, um, our family resource center. So if anyone is interested in, in learning more about that, uh, we're going to have a, a teletherapy room and therapy rooms and a sensory room and a toddler town and a sensory garden, adaptive playground, the entire space is accessible for babies and toddlers who are blind or visually impaired. So if anyone would like to participate in that campaign, please reach out. And um, if you want to come to Walking for Dreams, you can go to www.walkingfordreams.org. And I guess I should say our VIPS website too. <laughs> it's VIPS.org. All right. Definitely Walking for Dreams. And once again, thank you. And if you guys want to learn more about uh, Bob Enterprises and how we're helping uh, to lower this 70% unemployment rate, please visit Bosman.org and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud and all of our social media channels. And I'm going to talk to you guys next week. Thank you. <laughs>